Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a tooth whitener, and I love films. As William S. Burroughs once said, Your mind will answer most questions if you learn to relax and wait for the answer. Yeah, that's it. He was Kaiser Soze all along. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Sharon Stone, Kevin Smith, Jamila Jamil, and even Ped Pambles. But this week is the amazing and brilliant and wonderful Mr. Doug Benson. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat with Doug. We chat about openings and closings to films, films that change his perspective on stuff. You get a secret, you get the whole episode uncut and ad-free and as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Your two TV missions, as always, are to watch season one of Ted Lasso on the Apple TV Plus app and season one of Soulmates on Amazon Prime. One will make you very happy, the other will make you question your relationship. So... Doug Benson. Oh, come on. Doug Benson. Doug Benson has his own excellent movie podcast, Doug Loves Movies. He's a stand-up. He's an actor. He's a documentarian. He's a reality show judge. He's done it all. And I was very excited to talk with him. We recorded this over Zoom a couple of weeks ago. It was late in London and early in LA. And he was a fucking treat. I loved hanging out with him. He was so much fun. I think you will enjoy this very much. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 141 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a comedian, a podcaster, a TV host, an actor, a reality show judge, a marijuana rights advocate, a game show inventor, a hero, a legend, and an all-round master of the universe. Please welcome to the show, the brilliant, the amazing, it's Mr. Doug Benson! Wow, your intro game is really, really strong. <laughs> strong intro game. Well, listen, there's a lot there's a lot to get through. That was very nice. I'm glad we're not on radio because that, that it'd be that kind of intro, but with a silly weed song playing uh, underneath. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, 
<laughs> that smoke two joints song or something. <laughs> Uh, you, you, oh, do you know what I missed out of that list was movie, movie maker. I've seen movies. I'm a, I'm into movies. You made a movie <laughs> and I saw it. I saw it super high me. I saw yeah the year it came out. Wow. So yeah. you were already, uh, on board though. You were pro cannabis. I was pro Doug Benson. Yeah, I was. And I was also <laughs> on board, but I, I think about it a lot. It's a really interesting, I don't want to spoil it, but you basically go, yeah, I'm fine without but I'm better with like that's the it's like yeah everything's fine but it's so much better with it was just about uh kind of normalization for me Mm. you know I just wanted to show people they're like look I mean I know I'm not doing anything that takes a lot of focus or concentration but uh I'm still you know earning a living as a performer and then entertaining crowds but I you know smoke a lot of pot and uh over the years, it's been very uh, heartening to hear uh, so many young people just casually watch that movie with their parents and then drop the news after it's over. <laughs> after they've been after they've seen ninety minutes of you know very pro marijuana rhetoric. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. So I, I guess I have to ask you because we don't know each other. It's the first time we met. I hope this isn't the right question to ask. How are you surviving this pandemic? Are you, are you, is it fun? Are you all right? I see you're making <laughs> lots of stuff. Are you doing okay? It's, yeah, I, all, all of that, uh, all of it, you know, it's terrible. But uh, at the same time, I uh, am lucky in that I can, you know, quarantine, uh, you know, as much as I want and performing out on the road, you know, stand up comedy clubs, that's mm-hmm. not, that's just not happening. It's, you know, it's occurring, but like the, the travel and all those aspects of it, uh, I am just not that comfortable with, uh, yeah. at this point, you know, but I can, you know, I'm lucky I can afford to, you know, sit it out for a, a little bit longer. I, I feel everybody's frustration that has to really go out and be in the world all day, every day yeah. with masks on and not being able to touch anybody. And it's, uh, you know, it's heartbreaking, but, it's also given me, I, I, I've never had more time to watch movies on, a, you know, a bigger screen. You know, when I was a traveling road comedian, I'd have to watch so much stuff on my phone, you know, or have great timing with a, a hotel room TV. Yeah. Uh, although that's changed now. Now you can take your Roku to hotel rooms and pretty much watch any streaming stuff you want on their TV. Right. which is an amazing development for us movie lovers. So do you, do you miss or have you got used to not doing uh, live gigs, live shows with an audience, you know, in person? I get to do an occasional, like in Southern California, the weather's always okay to do outdoor shows, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like drive-in shows where people are in their cars. And I, I like to say that it feels like I'm a person in the Pixar universe, you know, visiting the town yeah. where cars takes place and putting on a show for them. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they even like blink their lights when they like stuff, you know, it's very, it feels like you're performing for the cars, not for the people in them. Do you feel <laughs> insane doing them when you're doing them? Is it, do you just go, what the fuck am I doing? It's, but it's a fun insane, you know, okay, it's good. weird. Like the laugh factory in West Hollywood, you uh, have done shows where, uh, it's on their stage with a microphone, 
but you're just in front of a bunch of flat screens that have a bunch of people zooming in. So you can see them and they can see you and they turn the volume on for like a handful of them. Cause if they had them on for everybody, all the barking dogs and crying babies would really be a, a mess, <laughs> but they let some people through because you want to hear some laughter, you yeah. know, they're all like uh, unusual, but in a fun way, but also in a, this is just temporary, yeah. you know, uh, unfortunately temporary has turned out to mean like, you know, a couple of years, but at least it feels like we're going to get past it. Yeah. I miss, I do miss a gig. I do miss a normal <laughs> gig. It is really fun. That's the thing is you just still get that same rush from yeah. like even doing uh, shows virtually, you know, just where I just sit here and tell, you know, say the jokes that I've been writing lately. Even that is uh, still uh, rewarding because not performing or saying your jokes at all yeah. would be very frustrating. That's why I'm, I'm grateful for podcasting because. And the listeners are grateful. To, it's like a two-way street. I'm so excited that I get to keep doing it. You know, like my podcast, uh, Doug Loves Movies, has, you know, we're yeah. sponsor-driven. You know, we have ads. So we, you know, are uh, lucky in that sense. Like, you know, I know you've been at it for a few years now, which is good because it just feels like, uh, you know, World War Z. You know, like it's just the podcast <laughs> hill just keeps getting bigger and bigger and it's faster and faster it's true and so the earlier you get in uh to it uh the better and I, so i was very lucky that i started uh, a long time you were one of the first right yeah. you were one of the it was like 15 years ago holy shit yeah wow that's fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> so people it is weird isn't it you must meet people who feel so connected to you and like they know you so well if they've been listening that long and maybe they're weird with you yeah and it's true of my stand-up and the, you know i've done a few of those you know documentaries that just sort of where cameras just follow me around and i was on you know last comic standing and then there's you know twitter so there's a lot of uh familiarity like it's uh <laughs> fans are very comfortable <laughs> pretty pretty quickly but they still have as i do you know uh, social not anxiety but you know awkwardness right yeah <laughs> which probably keeps you safe the the social awkwardness that the fans have well also i get to fortunately most of the times now when i'm meeting fans we're also everyone's you know smoking weed so it's um you know it's just kind of a nice friendly environment. you know there's no fights are going to break out or anything that's really nice man <laughs> oh doug i've forgotten to tell you something and i think i was about to tell you it and i probably should have told you on email but I didn't fucking tell you, but I have to tell you. Oh, fuck. I'll just tell you. Um, you've died. You're dead. I did not. I had no idea this is how one finds out that piece of information. I know. I tried to be gentle, but I, as always, I always think, God, I really should have forewarned you. But here we are. I'm always like, am I doing one podcast too many? <laughs> is this going to be... Is this the one? <laughs> is this the one that I should not have done? <laughs> it's like a skydiver, you know. Is this the one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just one more podcast. Just one I more. Just, Don't do it. It was Doug. about movies. I said fine, and now I'm dead <laughs> for loving movies. Yeah, yeah. The most ironic death you could have. How <laughs> how did you die, Doug? Well, it's funny because I died in my sleep. 
Uh, oh, yeah. But but it was a, a net, it was supposed to be a nap. <laughs> so so it was just it was ba- it was essentially nodding off during a boring movie and then never coming back. <laughs> Do you remember which film it was that killed you? The film that killed. It was something. It was a period film with uh, Carrie Mulligan. Wow! It was far from the madding crowd. I love when she plays. I like her modern characters. She's my favorite when she <laughs> is in a period piece. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were watching Far from the Maddening Crowd. <laughs> you had a little little nap, and little did you know that that film actually killed you. Yeah, I watched my movies in a beanbag chair, so it's way too comfortable. Uh, do you do you worry about death, Doug Benson? I guess it's a cliche, but as I get older, less and less. You know, it becomes less. It comes becomes less about dying and more about you know just physical aging, like uh, you know appearance and uh, health. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you want to keep those things up. That's what they say, I guess. As long as I've got my health, <laughs> they do always say that. You know. <laughs> But I thought it was the cliches the other way around. I thought people started worrying about death the older they got because they're closer to it. But it's interesting you've gone the other way. Does that mean you were really worried about it when you were little? Oh, yeah. You know, it's weird that like in 2020, you know, things started to go so so poorly because, you know, as a kid, I thought, you know, we wouldn't make it to the year 2000, you know, based on all the various you know doomsday scenarios that were out there at that at that point you know and um interesting so i was always like death was always the the scariest thing to me as a kid like like uh i and i and to this day i don't really take with me like a lot of people are like you know oh scary scary doll movies like i just can't or clown movies i can't there's there's things they just can't i agree that both those things are terrible and creepy but I, they're not going to scare me. I, I can watch those movies. <laughs> <laughs> but straight up death. It's weird. You just kind of, I think in high school and college age, I think a lot of people, it feels like you sort of make a 180. You, you kind of said it right. It was, <laughs> you spin around to like the opposite in a lot of the ways you were as a kid. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think kid, I think little kids that are scared of roller coasters love them when they're older and vice versa. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's weird. People kind of do this strange shift. I think that's what happened to me. Is that I was terrified of everything when I was little, and then as an adult, you know, nothing really scares me. Did anything happen? Like, was was this a gradual thing, or was there like a thing that happened where you're like, oh, I'm not so scared of death anymore? I, you know, I think not being around an anxious mother probably helps. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty solid answer. <laughs> you know, because she, because she, safety was her number one concern. So uh, I never thought of it as like that's why I was scared of things. But it would make sense mm-hmm. that it, her worrying about everything would, uh, you know, would carry over into. And I, and I, I did love movies a lot, but there was, you know, that's that's caused the most problems for me as a child in terms of nightmares. These movies I probably shouldn't have watched. Right, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I very get that. What's that. What do you think happens when you die? Do you have a, any feelings on that? I mean, my feelings are that, uh, you know, nobody nobody knows. Like, there's no, I, I can't trust any, you know, any 
uh, theory, I guess I should call them since I don't, I don't think any of them are true. Mm. You know, I'm not running around saying I'm an atheist or anything or that I don't, I think it's, it'd be silly to say, I don't think something created all of this. <laughs> it happened somehow, but, yeah. uh, but something's going on. Uh, but however it happened, I just feel like we just don't have the evidence that there's going to be more after we're gone. Interesting. Well, well, I've got news for you, Doug Benson. Here's the evidence. There is a heaven. I'm telling you, you're there. You got let in. Yay! Uh, which, yeah, it's exciting news. <laughs> and uh, it's got all your favourite things in there. What's your favourite thing? Movies. <laughs> yeah, it's got loads of them. The walls are made of DVDs. Everything is is fant- it's fantastic there. And the people in heaven, they're, they're huge fans of yours. But they want to know about your life through films. And the first thing they ask you is, what is the first film you remember seeing, Doug Benson? My parents just took me to movies. Like, they just didn't worry themselves about, you know, how the content would affect me. I love it. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't a bad one for a kid to see, but it was unusual that my parents took me to... This must be around 60, late 60s, mid to late 60s. They took me to a, uh, a triple bill of Dr. No from Russia with Love and Goldfinger. Wow. Which I assume was That's like Goldfinger cool. had come out. It was a hit. And then some theater, because it was, you know, we went downtown. You know, it wasn't the, you know, one of the nicer theaters in town. And, uh, <laughs> and I just... Even though it was a triple bill, I, I've been told this, you know, about it because I, I feel like Goldfinger is the first movie I saw, but they claim that we, you know, saw all three in the proper order, which I respected them for that. But I only walked away with Goldfinger memories because I assume because of Odd Job. Like I think Odd Job was the first movie character to be like, if I saw him walking down the street, I'd be like, holy shit, there's Odd Job, you know, and I'm only. <laughs> I'm only five or six years old. <laughs> <laughs> you related to the character that was the same size as you. Where was this happening? Where 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 did you grow up? Is this in California? Uh, you know, middle class Southern California, San Diego. San Diego, okay. The self-proclaimed America's finest city. Okay. Uh, it was arrogant, it, arrogant, <laughs> arrogant San Diego. It was just nice and happy, and uh, you know. There was a little bit of diversity, but I, you know, I would have, I personally would have preferred to have more, uh, you know, looking back on, Mm. you know, but it was just easy for me to get into movies and uh, movie making because San Diego's, you know, so close to LA. Like that was always from very pretty early age. I was like, well, LA is where I'm going to go. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do there, but I was just very, that's, that's the plan. So then when college fell apart, cause I couldn't get, you know, I, my grades weren't good enough to get into, uh, you know, school without paying a ton of money. So, you know, I was just in junior college that they call it. <laughs> I did that for a few years and then, and then just moved to LA and was like, I, I'm here show business. Let's, let's go. And didn't, didn't really have that great of a plan. <laughs> uh, other than several friends of mine had also moved from San Diego to LA. It's just an easy move. I'm kind of surprised there aren't yeah. more, more big names out of, uh, out of San Diego. It's really, 
but cause, but I also think that as a city, it doesn't really encourage people to like, people don't want to leave there. Like growing up there, it's just, well, it's just strange that I wanted to leave because it is pretty, pretty nice place. Well, of course you don't, people don't want to leave because when they get to the edge of it, there's a sign saying you are leaving the finest city in America and you go, Oh no shit. I better turn back. Yeah. It's all about like, Oh, LA, the traffic. I just couldn't. And it's just like, well, <laughs> I followed my more, more my career dreams than my, uh, you know, <laughs> whether or not things I'm would impressed. be convenient. <laughs> That's, I like that. I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, what is the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier? You know, that's another one is that as I get older, I cry more. And now I cry at happy stuff, like things that are making me happy make me cry. So if I'm really enjoying a movie, I'll cry. Or like if I see a play or a a musical, if I really enjoyed it, I'll just lose it during the curtain call. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that. Uh, so yeah, so but I, you know, I've become, uh, you know, more of a crier uh, of late. So a movie that I saw that like immediately sprung to mind because I've seen it a few times, and it just, even though I know what's going to happen, those are the ones, right? The ones where mm-hmm. you know you've seen it. You, you know, you don't you don't need to experience that same rush of emotion that you had the first time you saw it. Now that you're on viewing number four, but some movies they still just they do it, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. I was just a mess of between joy and sadness, just a mix through all of the movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Ah, what a lovely film! Right? It's that, just yeah, just I love that film. Exudes. It's just. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, but it does have, you know, an edge to it and, you know, flawed characters and, mm. and like, that's a great show. One of the, I, like, I laugh cry when Shia LaBeouf uh, sees the little kid that was, you know, a uh, uh, bully and he runs over to him and just, just smacks him down, like smacks him off a pier. <laughs> and the kid doesn't really go home and go, mom, dad, this happened. You know, he's like, kind of like, yeah, yeah. maybe I was out of line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lovely answer. Uh, what about, so you were scared a lot, right? What's the film that scared you the most? That's a weird one because how often do you have people that really won't settle on, you know, one movie for, for each answer? You could, you can give a few, you can give a few, but then, but then I, I will pick the one that is the one. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. Oh, I like this yeah. game. I like you deciding uh, which yeah. one I, which one I should have been most scared by. Cause I narrowed it down to three. Three is good. Cause at different stages in my childhood, I had, I was uh, terrified by these movies. A uh, Wizard of Oz. Terrifying. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Horrific, <laughs> and also with no concern for the kids. That didn't that, that part didn't bother me at all. That five four kids get mangled. Um, <laughs> I was all on. I only got scared when uh, you know when Willie seemed upset. <laughs> I really walk with Stockholm syndrome. Like I loved him in his factory, but you know uh, some stuff was you didn't too want much. To make him mad. Yeah, um, and then. Actually, four movies, but this is a double. I was very frightened by the Irwin Allen disaster classics, Poseidon Adventure and Towering Inferno. Okay. I'm going to pick uh, 
I'm going to pick Willy Wonka because it is a slasher film with kids. But I like that what scared you wasn't the kids being murdered. It was the host. Yeah. The host who wants, you, who wants to give you a chocolate factory and you were terrified. It was, it's, it's, it's the strangest probably movie experience of my life to, as a kid, lo- now I'm fine with all of it. But as a kid, to love so much of that movie and but then to have parts that I'm so horrified by, but I never, it never made me stop watching that movie. I just had to, you know, deal with it and get better at dealing with it every time I saw it. And then on the other hand, when Charlie's mom is singing about how he needs to cheer up, it's like, it is the most boring sequence. (laughs) (laughs) Cheer up, Charlie is the really boring bit. It's so boring because it's just, there's nothing to cut to. They're just in the slums and she's just, Doing the wash. <laughs> and, Cheer up, Charlie. This bit's boring. Yeah. It's yeah. not like the songs in like Wizard of Oz where you're like, come on, let's just get back on the road. You know, those are fun while they're happening. This one is like, and the first time you see that movie, it's like, isn't this about a chocolate factory? Like what? How long are we going to worry about Charlie? <laughs> He's got to cheer up once we get to the chocolate factory. Let's get there. How about Charlie? How about Charlie doesn't get a golden ticket? Some other kid gets it, and then the movie moves on. We don't see Charlie again. How how funny would that have been? I'll give you a reason not to cheer up, Charlie. Um, <laughs> Willie Walker knocks like at that. his Willie Walker knocks on his door at the end and says, "You know what, Charlie? You came in. You, you would have come in sixth place in this competition." Uh, but the other five children are all dead, so you get the chocolate factory. <laughs> also, he's quite. You're right about Willy Wonka. It's interesting because he's quite a um, chaotic parental figure for a child because he comes in, and he's fun, but you can't. You don't know what he's going to do, and sometimes he's very angry, and you don't know. You weren't expecting it, and then he's re- he's really fun. Everything's safe. Come with me, and then he's like, no. It's terrifying. You're right. And I never thought about this before, but it is interesting that it it is, it is five, like, you know, it's a single parent situation in the factory, even though there is another parent in the picture in in each case, they don't, Mm. they don't necessarily seem like the most loving families, (laughs) but, but there's just one parent with the kid and kind of, kind of uh, illustrates how like, Two parents are important because two parents probably wouldn't have let their kid fall in the chocolate river. That's the main reason for <laughs> staying together if you have kids. <laughs> Is you gotta, you know, you gotta have two eyes on Augustus. On the chocolate river. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is the film? That most people don't like. It's not critically acclaimed, but you love it. You don't care what anyone says. I am happy to report that there is a film that I went so far as to describe in its entirety in uh, a bit in my stand-up comedy act. It's on one of my albums. I really can't explain it, but I love the movie Ice Castles with Robbie Benson and Holly Lynn Johnson as a skater. I like, I like triumphant sports movies. I like people who get through adversity. I like cute girls ice skating. (laughs) And in this particular case, this girl 
gets in a freak accident and goes blind, but she and her boyfriend decide, let's deceive the Olympics and have you continue to compete without telling anybody that you've lost your sight. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, so it's, it's hilarious because it's not good, but it's also, uh, I just, I just like it because I I like the setting. I like ice skating, any movie with ice skating in it. uh, I I actually like, (laughs) but this one is, uh, is a particular favorite. This one's good. Yeah. yeah, I like this movie a lot, and it's not it's not good. It's got a it's got a really pretty like uh, theme song that I think mm-hmm. um, uh, Melissa Manchester e- either sings or wrote or both on it, and uh, it was probably nominated for an Oscar the year it came out. And um, you know, it's just one of those songs. It just the song itself it, it works as such a nice theme through the whole movie that it kind of uh, you know does a lot of lifting of that particular boat uh can you sing this <laughs> sing a bit of the song for me uh i can't because i i uh i'm ter- i'm a terrible singer but it's the the main expression uh, and the title of the song i think is through the eyes of love because oh, you know because she uses his eyes to see he teaches her where the walls are in the in the ice rink because <laughs> that's oh, the right, only thing you have to worry about <laughs> <laughs> there shouldn't be anybody else out on the ice. <laughs> uh, I'm watching that today. Can I tell you the ending of the movie that makes me cry? Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. At the end of really good Olympic skatings, I guess, people throw roses and uh, teddy bears and stuff onto the ice. And so she skates and fools everybody. They don't know she's blind. Uh, then she comes back out and takes a bow. People throw all that shit onto the ice and she trips on it in front of everybody. And he has to come out and help her up. <laughs> I mean, it's really clever. You don't see that ending coming. <laughs> that sounds fucking brilliant. Uh, <clears throat> what is a film that you used to love, you loved it with all your heart, and then you've watched it recently and you've thought, oh, I don't like this anymore, for whatever reason that may be. Um, this is a really a tough one because it's the kind of one that uh, if you just make a casual tweet about it, you, you know, you're in the middle of a shitstorm. Um, <laughs> because I watched again recently, very excited to watch it again and show it to my girlfriend who had never seen it. Uh, a movie that when I was a lad, I saw it many times in the theater, knew a lot of the jokes, you know, knew a lot of the lines from the movie and would quote it all the time. To this day, things I'll say things from it when certain situations arrive, you know, one of those kind of movies. And it's mm-hmm. it's Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, I have not seen that. And blah, 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 uh, is Ventures Across the Eighth Dimension or whatever the rest of it is. But yeah. It's it's like a you know it's one of those cult movies that I just feel like you either love it or you just go what what was that and I just like I just went through that door you know and oh, really? and, and seeing it with somebody else who just was like oh that was that was all right I guess <laughs> it's just like oh okay teenage me thought this thought all these things that were happening were just a, a you know such a hilarious riot that it made up for it is terribly paced it is very slow it's it's a lot of it's just sort of attitude and uh right and i I, i'm surprised you haven't seen it no i um 
I hate the, do you, when you show a loved one a film that you love and you can feel them not liking the film, I don't think there's a worse feeling in the world. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it does suck because you really want them to just be, you know, uh, as excited about it as you are, or at least, you know, like, oh, I'm glad you brought this to me rather than, oh, Mm. well, you made me sit through a thing. And uh, I don't know what you see in it. My girlfriend of of three years now, she uh, she'll just get up and leave the room if she's not. And it doesn't happen very often. She toughs it out through most movies, but especially (laughs) if like it's a Marvel movie and we're just at the point where they're just going to fight for 20 minutes and then it's over. Yeah. uh, She just gets up and leaves and does other stuff, you know, doesn't, doesn't make a thing out of it. (laughs) That's that's very respectful. They're just going to do CGI fighting now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm off. Yeah. Well, sometimes she'll even circle back and watch something. I mean, we both were just stunned and delighted with uh, WandaVision. Like, it really, I think it... it, it's So good. It's just the best kind of... It's kind of like, you know, Ted Lasso is with sports. That's what WandaVision is with comic book movies. It's, It's like, well, yeah, it is one, but that's not... That's not even in my top 10 favorite things about it, you know? (laughs) I love that. I'll take that. (laughs) Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Uh, what is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily because the film is is that good, but because the experience you had around seeing the film that will always make it important to you. I wanted to be positive with this one. I wanted to, you know, just come up with something where, you know, because I had some experiences with, you know, some of the blockbusters where, like, you, you know, used to quite literally, you know, camp outside the theater. Uh, for an entire night to, you know, see the movie. I've been to some, you know, I've lucked out and been to some amazing premieres, especially at South by Southwest. I've seen like at least a dozen of some of the best movies ever just uh, being at that festival. But all that being said, a movie that's really like just been a part of my life, because again, this is another one where my parents talked about it so much that I'm not even sure what really happened, but I just know that, you know, how I remember it and that, uh, (laughs) I was definitely, well, let me tell you the story. (laughs) Tell me again, my parents would take me to anything. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm maybe nine or 10. I don't, I don't know the year, but, uh, there's a, 
horror movie they decided to go see called The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, which does not sound one. scary at all, but it is a messed up movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they knew they knew it was going to be a mess. They didn't go like, oh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage. This sounds fun. You know, like they knew that it was a horror movie. And they took me to see it. And the way they tell it, they got me, you know, a big Coke and a hot dog and thought, you know, like, well, at least for part of the movie, I'll be distracted because you'll be eating. And uh, they're just like, well, we'll just take our chances with this crazy Italian horror movie. So uh, we get to our seats. We're sitting there. And I tell my dad, there's no hot dog in this hot dog. Because what I think happened is when I took the bun out of the thing, the hot dog fell out onto the you know dirty movie theater floor. The movie's in progress. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I just lost my hot dog. But right. me and my father went to the concession stand and he stood his ground that they never put a hot dog in there. And... It was so terrible because in my, you know, as a kid, I was like, should I just say, I think it fell out or should I just get, get this hot dog <laughs> and not have to watch more of this horrifying movie. So anyway, so eventually, you know, the guy relents and gives us another hot dog because I guess the customer is always right. And we go back in and the, and the movie's just full of lots of imagery that I still, you know, uh, carry with me to this day. And when people bring up that movie, I'm always like, you know, that's, that movie's so scary. And I've never like watched it again to, I think I watched a little bit of it. It's kind of, I think it's probably kind of slow and just sort of creepy more than scary. I love that in your, your maybe one regret in this life is that you didn't just eat a hot dog off the floor that was probably on the floor and save this seat. Well, I, (laughs) I mean, I think we should have just paid for another one because that movie theater floor. Oh my God. That is like the most disgusting that's the that's probably the only thing I don't miss about the movie theater experience is when they don't when the yeah. when the floor is carpeted the carpet's probably really gross but you just don't you don't feel it walking around but sticky floors in movie theaters yeah yeah it's sticky floor especially when I you know I'm I'm old enough to have you know gone into and watched movies in actual you know porn theaters and uh, like there was one right you know on Main Street in the part of San Diego I grew up in. So as soon as I was 18, you know, that happened. And, but just walking around, like, you know, it's so sticky. You, you, you risk losing a shoe. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, in those porn cinemas, is it just people wanking in the cinema? Is that what's happening? I guess so. It's the, the, the uh, you know, the visual is, uh, you know, the men in trench coats. Because if you have a big yeah, coat, yeah. you can just sort of sit there and whack away and, <laughs> not bother anybody but it's definitely people sitting there by themselves watching just graphic sex with uh you know i mean they they had you know stories and stuff but they you know they're like the movies in uh that you see in i was gonna say boogie nights you know like very poorly acted scenes you know but i don't i don't know if i saw one of the big ones i might have seen deep throat or behind the green door i might have seen one of those like you know in an actual theater but i didn't go very often because it was a, it was a very weird experience it was just a lot of because i'd always go with a friend yeah. and we'd sit there and snicker and it was nobody wanted that <laughs> <laughs> you know? really putting people off their strike yeah <laughs> um speaking of which well let's go there then what's the what's the sexiest film you ever seen doug benson 
I just have to go back to, you know, teenage years. And mm-hmm. I think you might be able to relate to this one a little bit because I know, I know your choice in this one, I think, or maybe not. <laughs> um, but I, I want to go with uh, Logan's Run. Oh, okay. Lovely. Jenny Agutter. Yeah, you're right. Jenny Agutter. Is, she was it for me when I was a teenager because when she showed up, you knew she was going to be a good sport about being naked. Uh, you know, and she always played, you know, she played nice, likable characters. And uh, Such a good sport. Yeah. But that movie, Logan's Run, like they, the, the outfits they have her in are ridiculous. At one point, they get all wet. And so the guy in the scene, his, his solution is we got to take everything off. <laughs> and it's not even R rated, I don't think. It's, uh, it's, it's, no. got, it's got some real, real weird, uh, you know, 70s nudity in it. But Farrah Fawcett was in the film, and I was a big fan of her from her uh, TV work, or maybe I was about to be. But <laughs> but the uh, but the whole idea of Logan's Run is like everybody lives just kind of a hedonistic life because everybody's going to die at thirty anyway, and uh, they're you know happy to you know go to the ceremony where they get to explode and be mm-hmm. gone. So it was also kind of a scary movie for me a little bit, but it was. Um, it was definitely uh, sexy. sexy uh, first well. thing I thought of for sexy movie, but then also like uh, you know, uh, for being a horror film, American Werewolf in London is pretty sexy as well. And yeah, I, that's it. That's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, there is a subcategory to this question, Doug? Okay. And this, the subcategory is uh, troubling boners, worrying why dons. What film did you find arousing that you weren't sure you should? Well, you know, it kind of comes down to like uh, if you find a character in a children's movie sexy, I think is uh, is a, a strong way to go. Yeah. Or just a children's yeah. movie in general. So I narrowed it down to uh, Bugsy Malone and The Incredibles. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no one has had the balls to go Bugsy Malone. <laughs> well, that's why I, you know, I temper it with uh, that I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aroused by when, you know, I was a child also when that movie was made and came out. (laughs) So now (laughs) when people talk about, oh, that movie, Bugsy Malone, what a classic. Now I, when I watch it now, I'm like, I, it's just, I feel like a creep finding this enjoyable, even though it is well crafted and the songs are very catchy, but it's It's a very weird film when you think about it. It is very strange. It's it's got that whole well since this is for kids it won't be violent but everyone will characters will clearly die when they get shot with a pie gun they actually die and they don't continue to be in the movie yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why that's better to like to be like a even a cute fun thing like a pie can can kill people kill you yeah uh, but then you know. But uh, jo- Jodie Foster is being a showgirl and singing My Name is Tallulah mm-hmm. and uh, acting all sexy. It just it really throws my mind to all the, you know, really weird uh, child beauty pageants and uh, oh, yeah. all the horrible things that can come from that. God, every- everything's fucking mental when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, is, what is the film that you most relate to? That's a tricky thing about uh, these kind of questions. Is like, you know, at what 
point in my life, you know, which movie did I relate to the most at the point in my life when I saw it? So I'd have to maybe say the George Clooney movie, Up in the Air. I fucking love that film. That is a great film. Which, who, what do you relate to in Up in the Air? I, I had a huge fondness for that movie because I think it's very well crafted. Uh, you know, it's just a good movie, but also mm. uh, for me, it just hit me so hard because like, you know, Sam Elliott never came and sat down next to me, but I've, I, you know, I've achieved a million air miles with one airline. So that aspect of his story, uh, I could relate to, and I, I could, I could really relate to the kind of, you know, travel as like, almost like it's kind of a game, you know, where you're, mm. you know, trying to do all the things you can do to get, uh, you know, upgraded to first class and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and just how much better it's ridiculous the more you fly with one airline it's the better it still might be an airline that has its flaws as they all do but it's still the airline that's going to help you more than anybody else on that flight if there's an issue <laughs> because you fly more it's you know they know you're flying more than everybody else so that part of that movie was interesting to me that it you know that i can actually relate to because most people can't be like oh yeah i've flown a million miles what's the big deal but then also his his uh, attitude about relationships in the movie, like that that he's on the road all the time, so he just meets women, and like that when he came home that one time, and the woman across the hall, he like knocks on the door, like, "Hey, what's up?" And she's like, "Um, you know, seeing somebody now," and he's like, "Okay, cool," and he you know goes back and is just alone and sad. <laughs> yeah. uh, so all of that, not, I didn't relate at all to what he was doing. Like the fact that he was going yeah. around and firing people, I go around and make people laugh, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't feel like uh, totally like him, but strangely enough though, if I watch it again now, I really relate to it because uh, Jason Bateman as his boss was trying to take him off the road you know, he's finding it unnecessary to go on the road so much because he could just do Zoom meetings do with Zoom. people. And now I'm not on the road anymore and all my stuff is happening over Zoom. Yeah. I mean, this is a very personal question. You don't have to answer. Has it made a huge difference to your relationship, the fact that you're not on the road all the time? Is this a new thing? Well, that's, what's, that's what was interesting about my situation when the pandemic started is that my girlfriend was already, we just, everywhere I went, she just went with me. We just went everywhere. Oh, great. So we were together all the time anyway. So the only thing that's been okay. taken out of the equation is, you know, is really getting to go. Moving. Yeah. Far away, you know. But, you know, we still take like a car and do like safe trips places, you know, when we can, uh, which I loved. I loved traveling with her and you know having somebody with me all the time and we'll go back to that but you know in the meantime uh i just do not miss airports and taxis and ubers and you know all all the all the travel stuff i did so much of it for so long and there was no i love doing comedy so there's no end in sight there was no like well i'm only gonna do this for a few more years like i'll do stand-up comedy for as long as people will say hey here's a, here's a stage Here's some money. Yeah. Go. So that's where I'm at. Interesting. <laughs> that's great. What is objectively, objectively the greatest film of all time? Might not be your favorite, but it's the greatest. 
Yeah, I hate the what's your favorite question. I mean, it's a little better if it's by genre or year or certain actor or whatever. But even so, like, I just, I don't, because my opinions of movies are so fluid and there's so many of them that I love, you know. But back to the girlfriend thing, I was like, I think she might like this. And she loved it. Harold and Maude. Oh, what a great answer. It's perfect. It does not come up enough. It's perfect. It's not long. It's Mm -hmm. got that amazing Cat Stevens music through the whole movie. Yeah. It's very solid premise. Great actors, like, really committing to the the whole concept. And it's not disgusting when he kisses her and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to be, like, just, oh, this movie, what's going on? But instead, it's just the sweetest movie. Like, I think... I think teenagers could could and should watch it. Yeah. It's a cool film. Good answer. What is the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? I'll give you two on this one because I don't I don't have a ta- I don't have a tally. <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know, Star Wars now now known as episode four, A New right. Hope is was there was a movie theater in San Diego that with that movie played for is a single screen, big house. And it, that movie got enough business that it played in that theater for over a year and a half. <laughs> so I just, that was like, it was just, what do you want to do tonight? Let's go see star Wars. Like you just, you just go see it over and over and over again. It was the strangest, strangest thing. Cause I, I do love it and it's still like in my top two or three of all Star Wars movies, but it uh, it is just strange how super into it I was. Cause I don't, Mm. I don't feel like I'm that into that genre, but just something about the way it, the way it all came together, you know? And that's why I think no sequel to Star Wars has that secret weapon of going, Hey, there's this thing called the force, you know, right. Once we know about it, them just talking yeah. about it in movie after movie after movie it's like well yeah but the excitement was when we first heard about it <laughs> you know because yeah, then it was like wow yeah, this is yeah. a great idea and then later it's like well is there any other ideas are there any other things <laughs> that we should know about the force <laughs> <laughs> but have you heard about the force yeah a lot you keep talking about the force yeah but then mandalorian comes along and i feel like they've absolutely nailed the tone of the very first star wars mm. movie like it feels uh more like a sequel that works with what came yeah. before it than any of the other things they've done, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> but then, the other but adult me has watched Scott Pilgrim, oh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world uh, a, a, a ridiculous amount of times. I, if yeah, any time right. somebody's like, let's put on Scott Pilgrim, I would never be like, uh, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the right. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> Uh, you want me to stop Star Wars and put on Scott Pilgrim? Okay, I will. I do that. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, all right, we'll have to go Scott Pilgrim then. Now, Doug Benson, I don't like to be negative. I don't think you do either, but we'll do it fairly quickly. What's the worst film you ever saw? I'm going to tell you about the worst film for me. Correct. You know, like, I'm not saying like, oh, this movie's bad. You shouldn't see it. I, mm-hmm. I, in fact, I, I like when people see it because I, I want them to confirm that it is just the most unpleasant experience uh, imaginable. <laughs> it's, called, it's called A Cure for Wellness. I've seen it. 
that movie alternates between being for me completely disinteresting and boring to then suddenly having a horrible horrible violent actor moment and then go back to being dull again it it was i was lost my mind because then it's also an unreasonable you know almost two and a half hours yeah and I just, I don't know what I expect. It's very well done. Like, I can't argue with the, it's very well done. I can't argue with the, yeah. like, you know, the production design was amazing. The actors are all really good. But it just makes, just thinking about that movie you're talking about, it makes me unhappy, which is like most movies I don't like. I'm just like, oh, I didn't like that. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> like, I want to, you know, I like, want to hate watch it, but I don't, but I don't want to yeah. see those scenes again. <laughs> it's a, uh... The thing with A Cure for Wellness, which is an absolutely crackers film, it is, it is bananas. But uh, what what I thought in it is, this is a spoiler, except it's so clear from the opening scene that the thing is in the water. That's the water. Don't drink the water. That's what the thing is in. But it spends two and a half hours going, oh, what's it going to be? Here's some more shots of the water. <laughs> you go, it's the water. It's in the water they're drinking. You keep telling us every single scene is in the water, <laughs> but going, what, where is it? Yeah. In, it's in the water. It's, it, just, it just drudges along so slowly with that idea, but then bursts of really horrifying stuff. It's like, yeah, really and that, the director, uh, Gore Verbinski, like he's like one of those guys that like, he doesn't, he doesn't stick to any particular genre. So I don't have to like, be mm. like, oh, now I'm done with Gore Verbinski movies. Yeah, yeah. Cause he's probably not going to be that violent or disturbing a- again. I don't even know what he's done since, but uh, I- I'm sure, I'll, you know, good chance I'll be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Benson. You're in comedy. You're very funny. What's the film that made you laugh the most? Uh, I got to go with uh, another one that my parents took me to in my early teens that we, the three of us, I had so much fun and laughed at every line. It's so perfect is young Frankenstein. It's so nice. It's so, it's so great. And that one, that's one that scares me about like the, the girlfriend test because Mm. it is corny and i think you do also it helps to go into it with a fondness for old frankenstein movies you know to see how see how mel brooks manages to tell the frankenstein story and this is another one that that i cry at the end when peter boyle makes the speech it's Mm. uh it's so beautiful i hope somebody said that at gene wilder's actual funeral uh (laughs) This man gave me life. <laughs> um, anyway, I just Gene Hackman's one scene where he's the blind guy and, and he just keeps you know breaking everything is is amazing. It's just so good. Uh, and Cloris Leachman, who just uh, passed away, is uh, so incredibly funny. And you know, and it's got it's got story. <laughs> you know, there's story all the way through and twists and things happen and yeah. and and. Uh, but then every single, there's hardly a line of dialogue that isn't a punchline or a setup. It's it's just That's, an incredible. I mean, I like a lot of Mel Brooks stuff, but that one's really just turned out perfect. So you haven't shown your girlfriend that yet. It's not worth the risk. I, I feel like she might have already seen it as well. But there's so many. Okay. There's so many movies. You know, anytime 
you get with somebody and start talking about movies, they haven't seen 20 movies that you're like, why have you not, you know, like, it's just, uh, yeah, there's so many that you're passionate about. Like it's, it's, so, you know, it's like, uh, in the old days, we used to like go walk around the video store, like on a date and we wouldn't be able to decide on what to watch. And now we just do it at home. Now we just look at the TV okay. and go through the streaming services and, and can't pick what to watch. Cause it's, a, there's too many good things and too many, you know, mediocre things to, to yeah. have to sort through. <laughs> right. Doug Benson. You've been an absolute delight, exactly as I expected. However, when you were, you were on your beanbag, you were on your beanbag chair, it was very comfortable. You're having a lovely time. You're a big fan of Carrie Mulligan. So you were like, oh, I'll watch another Carrie Mulligan film. And unfortunately, you put on Far From the Maddening Crowd, forgetting that the only thing you don't like is Carrie Mulligan <laughs> in period films. <laughs> and you'd read the title, Far From the Maddening Crowd, and you thought, oh, this sounds like it's going to be like an insane asylum or a horror film. I was like, really excited. Yeah, a real ripper. But in fact, it's, yeah, but in fact, it's sort of people in fields in the olden days. And, uh, and you were like, oh, God, this is boring. But, you know, I love films and, uh, you know, I've got a reputation. I've got to get through this. And you, you shut your eyes just for a second, just for a little second. And you lay back in the beanbag chair and you died. You died of boredom from the film Father the Man in <laughs> And uh, your girlfriend was away. She was uh, she was out. So anyway, you've been left there for a long time, I'm afraid. And I, I come around looking for you. And I'm like, where's Doug? I haven't seen him for a while. And I end up kicking down the door and I find you. And you have been ravaged by wolves. <laughs> <laughs> your body is an absolute state. It's all over the fucking place. It's everywhere. It's in bits, right? You look like you've been through the bird with the crystal plumage. Something's happened. I got a coffin with me, you know what I'm like. So I grab all the bits of you I can, I stuff them in the coffin, but there's bits of you stuck to furniture, so I'm having to chop up furniture, I'm having to fill that in as well. I end up packing the coffin, there's far more of you than I was expecting. The coffin is jammed, right? And there is only enough room in this coffin for me to slide one DVD into the side with you, for you to take to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show people in heaven when it is your movie night, Doug Benson? Go. I can't believe I have a packed coffin. You know, a pessimist would say, you know, would want a half full coffin. Um, (laughs) I have to go with... For sure. So I, I like this premise because it, 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 you know, there's no room for a DVD player in the coffin. <laughs> so They've got one. They've got which one. one will you look at the artwork on the cover the most? <laughs> um, no, but if I could actually watch the movie, I think a movie that would really be the one to go out with and watch repeatedly would be the Blues Brothers. Nice. Because that movie's got nice. everything. Disco pants and baby clothes. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say when they're driving through the mall. This mall's got everything. They're driving through it. <laughs> uh, but that movie is funny, and it's got you know action, ridiculous, over the top action, and just mm-hmm. stuff that I say all the time for no no reason. Just the s- silliest, oddest jokes and. You know, lately with the rise of, uh, you know, hate, hate crimes, the, this, the scene where they just run a bunch of Nazis uh, off of the bridge after saying, I, 
I fucking hate California or I, I fucking hate Illinois Nazis. <laughs> that's like the one, you know, it's that movie is PG 13. So like, I think, I think that's the one F bomb is that's the one. Fucking, fucking Nazis. Great. <laughs> oh, I think don't quote me on that. There might be lots. Of, I was really surprised when I saw I saw Coming to America. It's a prep for Coming to America. Coming to America yeah. too, and that first Coming to America is really uh, it's a saucy movie. There is a lot of swearing and nudity in that movie, and then this new yeah. one they you know they did it about face and made it you know more family friendly. But the crazy thing about the old one is I always remembered it as a, a, a fun family movie. I didn't remember. Yeah. I didn't remember all the swearing and the nudity and, and Sam Jackson coming into McDowell's with a sawed off shotgun and calling everybody motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's got a big heart and it coming to America. It's got, it's got wholesome, it's got wholesome vibes. Despite yeah, all it that. really does. Cause Akeem stops the bad guy with a, with a mop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works out. It's don't worry about what those words he was he was swearing. Big deal. He's been taken care of. <laughs> uh, Doug Benson, you have been a pleasure, and I really appreciate you, and I appreciate your time. Is there anything you would like to tell people to look out for, to listen to, to watch anything before you leave us? I would love for people that aren't familiar with it to check out Doug Loves Movies. Um, it's brilliant. It's a you know pretty much a game show comedy game show format with uh, movies and whatever else comes up. And uh, I would love for you to be a guest sometime, Brett, if that's something you would enjoy Did doing. You? Of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. It would be a dream. Your man, Scroobius Pip has been a guest. Yeah, he has. He has. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> so there's that, there's that podcast. And then also I'm just, you know, doing tons of stuff on, uh, you know, I've got a Patreon for my, a weed show getting dug with high and uh so people can check out it that out if they want if they want to support multiple patreons but yours of course <laughs> is the one that we're here to promote and uh yeah doug benson on twitter and you'll, you'll get more than you want to know about what's going on with me if you just follow me there and i've been having a lot of fun with All instagram right. lately i found i'm enjoying more like taking pictures of things than than writing about them even, oh, yeah? okay, even though cool. you get to do both in Instagram, you take a picture and then you can write a funny thing on underneath. So it's, I, I, I'm enjoying that uh, very much. Oh, okay, cool. and my I name on there is You Don't Know Doug. You Don't Know Doug. Yeah. Doug Benson, what a, what a joy. Thank you very much for this. I hope you have a lovely death and uh, we will see you on the other side. Good day. <laughs> I good said day. good day. <laughs> <laughs> So that was episode 141. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Doug. Hear his secrets and more. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, would you? You'd have to write about the show. Instead, write about the film that means the most to you and why. I do read them. And often they make me cry. That's the truth. So keep it up. It does help the numbers. It's very nice to read. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much to Doug for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics, at least for the photography. I hope everyone is well. I appreciate your time. Come and join me next week for another cracker of a guest. Uh, but that is it for now. In the meantime, you lot have a lovely week and please 
Now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name, Maureen. Yeah, thank you.